0: Welcome to the Ranking of the Stars, a podcast in which I, Jack Boblik, and my lovely, luscious, long suffering wife,
1: Hi, it's Emeline Dielobobolik,
0: watch in chronological order every single movie that has won the Oscar for Best Picture. And not only are we watching them, but we're also ranking them, so that by the time we reach the end of this journey, we'll know definitively which is the best of these movies. And which is the worst? Now, before we begin, we need to make some things clear. Are we movie experts? No. Do we have any formal education in film?
1: Not completely. I took a couple classes in college in undergrad and grad uh, grad studies, but not a movie expert at all.
0: And I know what the Hays Code is, and <laughs> that's about it. Is that going to stop us?
1: Absolutely not.
0: Absolutely not. Now that we're all on the same page, would you like to introduce our first movie?
1: I would love to. Okay, our first movie is entitled Wings and came out in 1927, although it was awarded Best Picture at the first Academy of Motion Pictures Arts and Sciences Award uh, and that ceremony, the very first one, happened in 1929.
0: Probably in a basement somewhere.
1: <laughs> Probably. Definitely not on television, I assume. Yeah,
0: not the big to-do it is today.
1: Sure. Yeah. The movie was directed by William A. Wellman and distributed and produced by Paramount Famous Lasky Corporation. Yep. Um, the
0: black-and-white silent, silent film.
1: Silent, but also... It has background music, background so music. silent because there's no actors talking. Yes, but no there's...
0: actors. Plain noises and car noises and yeah, yes, mu- music cues and all that good stuff.
1: Some fun facts about the movie: uh, back then, its budget was only two million dollars.
0: Pocket change. Uh, <laughs> which <laughs> I wouldn't even bend down to pick it up off the sidewalk.
1: <laughs> which is the equivalent of about thirty-three million dollars in uh, twenty twenty-two. It was filmed between September 1926 and April 1927. It had a lot of pilots, uh, extras—about uh, 300 pilots—and um, it also won the uh, Best Engineering Effects Award.
0: Yeah, a lot of those effects are really impressive. It I is. I believe I saw in the the trivia uh, that they use some like. Three thousand people for some of the large. Yeah, scale some of the scenes.
1: some of the big battle scenes uh, at the end of the movie have a, a close to thirty five hundred extras. Sheesh. Yeah, um, and it, it is also one of the first widely released movies to show nudity. Like within the t- first ten minutes, we see a bunch of butts. Yep,
0: yeah, it ruined all my plans because I was going to start this podcast off with a wager, a bet. <laughs> that the audience could have participated in as well. And the bet was going to be we're going to gamble on what year uh, nudity... We saw nudity for the first time, and it turns out, immediately.
1: Immediately. Immediately is when we see it. Yeah. And then uh, two other fun facts about this movie is that the original running time was 111 minutes. But after the movie was restored in 2002... It came out, uh, as 144 minutes. Yep.
0: Extra half hour of plane flights, I'm assuming.
1: And because of the, the nature of releasing movies back then, uh, the movie was not released, uh, throughout the United States all at once, but it had a first premiere in New York, in august 1927 then in los angeles, angeles in january 1928 and then all through the united states in january 1929 january 5th How yeah your birthday my birthday <laughs> shall we go to the summary to the plot
0: are we doing poster
1: oh the poster, poster Yes.
0: poster characters and then plot yes i believe the, the structure yeah the subject to change but it's what we're going with at the moment
1: yeah poster
0: yep this poster is a doozy this looks like this looks like something that would be in your grandparents guest room
1: (laughs) yeah an old very old picture it's
0: no (laughs) I don't know it's no I can feel you trying trying to 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 find some redeeming qualities desperately scrambling for something positive to say about this
1: nightmare (laughs) And the one thing I was going to say is that uh the person the the actress who plays uh, Mary Preston here on the poster like her depiction on the poster which I assume was drawn by hand is very very close to how she looks in the movie.
0: You don't think those are real people?
1: It doesn't look like it to me. It looks it looks drawn.
0: Yeah, they got this weird these sidebars on the side with it looks like it looks like storybook illustration for kids but instead of happy things, it's planes on fire and bodies falling out of the sky. (laughs) Yeah. And then in the center, you have the two uh, main leads who look like their skin is made of porcelain. They've been drained of all blood.
1: Yeah, they're very pale, like old uh, makeup, almost like clown makeup, you know, like very white with pink cheeks.
0: Standard uh, old-timey picture expression. Which yeah. is, you know, understandable since the pictures took seven and a half hours to take back then. But <laughs>
1: yeah. The the middle of the picture of the poster to me it looks like a little bit like um, like popcorn, old-timey uh, popcorn Bo- container.
0: Boxes, yeah. yeah. Boxes. Supposed to be some sort of like Stripes. art deco pillars, but yeah, it's rough.
1: I also, I would have liked to maybe have... So we have uh, Jack here on... The poster.
0: Main character's name is
1: Jack. Main character's name is Jack. Yeah. Yes. Not I. I would have loved to see maybe uh, David also sure. on the po- on the poster because he might not be the like the main character, but he's uh, he's present almost uh, throughout the movie. He's certainly
0: so. in it more than Mary is. Yes. Mm, yeah. Thumbs down on this poster for me.
1: <laughs> I. I wouldn't say thumbs down for me, but definitely not one of the best posters I've ever seen. Yep. Good for the good for the the era. I would say.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's keep it in the the seventy year old's bedroom where it belongs. <laughs> exactly. Yes. All right. Who is our cast?
1: Our cast is. So let's just go with the, I would say, the four, maybe? Yeah,
0: the four main uh, characters. four
1: main characters. So we have the main uh, male character um, is called Jack Powell and is played by Charles Rogers, Um, the main uh, female character is called mary preston and is played by clara bow
0: clara bow who
1: was as i understand the uh the most famous the the best actress in hollywood uh, back then
0: the talk of the town and i swear there's some cartoon cow or something called clara bow too i think it might be goofy's girlfriend <laughs> i've but never also, heard of it before i might just be making shit up <laughs>
1: And then for supporting characters, I would say, um, we have uh, David Armstrong, uh, which is played by uh, Richard Arlen, and uh, Sylvia Lewis, who is played by Jobina Ralston. Ralston.
0: Time for the plot?
1: Time for the plot.
0: All righty. We open with a narration card, quoting Colonel Charles Lindbergh. In that time, he said, feats were performed and deeds accomplished, which were far greater than any peace accomplishments of aviation. If it didn't happen in a war, it sucks. Mm. Captain Sully, dog water. (laughs) Don't even want to hear about it. Cut to Small Town, USA. It quite literally calls it Small Town. Yes. Small Town, USA. Where we're introduced to our first pair of characters, Jack Powell who the narration informs us has always longed to fly in every daydream. He hears the whirr of wings and Mary Preston, the girl next door who was saved by Jack from a bonfire once. And Jack sometimes regrets it. (laughs) God damn it. Mary should have let you burn. Jack is working on a motor carriage and tells Mary it'll be fast as a shooting star. When it's finished, Mary says that's a great name for it and paints a shooting star on the side. She then tells Jack that when you see a shooting star, it means you can kiss the girl you love, and she waits expectantly. Jack says, that's nice, gets in the car, and drives away. Later, nerd. <laughs> Damn it, Jack, you blockhead, says Mary.
1: <laughs> I felt bad for her already in that, in that opening scene. Oh
0: yeah, Mary's just constantly being shit on this entire movie.
1: There's never really well. That's not true. They're, they're, it's not that there's never really an, an acknowledgement okay. of her because there is, but it's just yeah. For, for very early on from the from that very first scene, I was like, oh, I, it's just gonna suck for her. It's just gonna going to suck. Uh, just looking at her, not being acknowledged.
0: She's probably crying, in more than half the scene she's in.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I, did you take a Jack's uh? Well, the question is, is, Jack oblivious, or is he, like, willfully ignoring her at this point?
1: I feel like at the beginning, he's, uh, he's, I th- uh, I think he's o- just oblivious. Oblivious.
0: I think he's starry-eyed and naive, and he's a puppy dog, basically, right?
1: Yeah, he, uh, he has his eyes on someone else, uh, too, so maybe it might be a, a little mix of obliviousness and also just he has somebody else in mind.
0: He's also very innocent. There's this trend in fiction back in those times to portray uh, teenagers as little kids, basically.
1: Okay, I can see that.
0: Yeah, they're still conceived of as adolescents in that age where they're, you know, gosh golly gee whiz and that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, and obviously this being a war movie, his demeanor when he comes back from the war is very different from... The yes. like, happy-go-lucky kid that he is at the beginning.
0: He left as a boy and came back as a man. Yes. But we're getting there. We're going to get there. All right. We are then introduced to our next two characters, Sylvia and David. We're told that Sylvia has an advantage over the other girls because she's from the city.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And David has an advantage over the other boys because he's filthy rich. <laughs> you know, when this first... When we cut to this scene of them, David and Sylvia, on the swing, yeah. I thought it was Mary having a domestic fantasy about her life with Jack in the future. Because oh. David and Jack look so similar to each other.
1: I would have said the opposite. That Jack and David, to me, don't look the same, but Mary uh, and Sylvia do.
0: Yeah. Because the scene right before it is her leaning up against the car and sighing it at Jack's yeah. obliviousness and then it fades into them on the swing and you know, I'm like oh she's having a fantasy of yeah. you know I'm going to learn to play the lute and, and sing poetry to him on a swing
1: I could see that
0: yeah because Sylvia's playing a, a lute when we come in and they're on they're on a swing and they're doing a, there's a lot of neat camera tricks in this movie because yeah. they're on a swing and they're swinging back and forth and the camera is moving with the swing yes. so it's the background that's mm-hmm. like moving in and out that was neat I like that uh, Jack pulls up in the shooting star and informs Sylvia that he wants her to have the first ride in the shooting star he then grabs her drags her off the swing and dumps her in the car yikes
1: yeah that was not pleasant either
0: yep uh, I wasn't asking says Jack uh, the pair drive by a weeping Mary and Jack waves Jack remains a blockhead <laughs> he, yep drives by with the other girl's car hi Mary and she's weeping <laughs> All right, fade to black and then a narration card. So youth laughed and wept and lived its heedless hour while over the world hung a cloud which spread and spread until its shadow fell in some degree on every living person. And then in giant flaming letters that fly directly at the camera, war.
1: (laughs) If we didn't know it already, we know it then.
0: War, it says. But youth is up to the challenge. Uh, When we fade back in, we're at the aviation examination station, and both Jack and David are signing up. The real purpose of this scene, though, and this is where we see the butts, is to introduce us to Herman uh, Schwimpf, Schwimpf? the designated comedy relief of the film. And by comedy, I mean everyone shitting on him because he's Dutch and punching him. Yeah, that is the main thrust of uh, the comedy around this guy, is that he encounters Irish people in the military, and they don't like the fact that he's Dutch.
1: And to convince uh, them that he's as an American as they are, he shows them, he has a tattoo on his right arm, on his bicep of uh, the American flag.
0: Yep, that says, stars and stripes forever underneath it. Yes. And he can jiggle his arm to make the flag wave, <laughs> yeah. and that wins over every surly Irishman he comes in contact yep. with. I, don't, I, I didn't... I didn't know that we were discriminating against Dutch people most times. I, I mean,
1: Yeah, I'm not I, sure what that was about either.
0: Yeah. I, I guess everybody gets their turn.
1: Maybe. I mean, I know that there were some small communities of like Dutch and German people back then, but I don't know what that discrimination was about.
0: Just the bigotry flavor of the week. Yes, the, uh, the sergeant at the examinations station informs Herman that if I had my way I'd throw all you Dutchmen in the coop till the end of the war
1: mm.
0: and that's when he takes his shirt off shows him that too, tattoo and, and then everybody loves him yes. we then cut to Sylvia who is writing to David with love on the back of a small picture of herself and then putting it in a locket so David will have something to bring him luck during the war or he would have if Jack didn't barge in see the picture go for me <laughs> grab it and then leave passing david on the way out
1: <laughs> this whole scene also was the whole beginning of the of the movie was uncomfortable uh, for me like it just so many wrong steps so many mistakes and obviously sylvia doesn't want to hurt jack's feelings jack just but... live,
0: he lives in his head and and just won't uh won't take no for an answer yeah he passes david on the way out hiding the picture from him because David also has feelings for Sylvia and Jack, you know, doesn't want him to know. Sylvia then takes David outside and explains that she couldn't tell Jack the truth for reasons. <laughs> but David is the one that she really loves and they smooch. Meanwhile, Jack is about to head off to training when he sees Mary and realizes he almost forgot to say goodbye to her. He runs over and gives her a firm handshake because he's a dumbass. <laughs> uh, Mary gives him her picture then too and he wipes away one of her tears and heads off to war.
1: And uh, the way he wipes her tears comes back also in the in the movie um, when they're in Paris. That's I'm um, getting ahead, but it's almost he's not necessarily like wiping it away. He's he, yeah, bringing he, it back closer to. Yeah, he's putting her.
0: it back in her eyeball. Yes, the eyeballs of the and Let me put that back for you. <laughs> it's David's turn to be sent off next. And, uh, <laughs> he's doing this bike, his parents. His mother's standing there giving him a lecture. Don't forget to wear, uh, clean, w- dry socks. Be wary of damp socks. He, yes, mother. <laughs> that kind of thing. When his mother hears that his train has arrived and it's time for him to leave, she stumbles backwards in shock, knocking over the bag she's packed for him that's on a table. Uh, it reveals that she packed a tiny childhood teddy bear for him for good luck. Uh, David picks it up, and as they walk to the door, David's father informs him that the teddy bear probably won't uh, provide very good cover fire. But David takes it anyway, because Jack stole his other lucky charm, and beggars can't be choosers. Yes. It's the teddy bear or nothing.
1: Yes. Now, do you remember what happens during that scene oh, that, that was a little this, shocking and disgusting?
0: This, yes, this is the scene where David uh, pretends he's in the Deep South and just full-on kisses his mom on the mouth.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was not expecting that. I was expecting maybe like a, a deep kiss on the cheek, but that was fully planted on his mother's lips.
0: Well, you know, his dad's in a wheelchair, somebody's got to be the man of the house, right?
1: No, oh no. <laughs>
0: Also, uh, we should say that, I call it a teddy bear, but it's only like the size of his pinky. It's tiny. Yeah, so it's
1: very, very tiny.
0: Not not a conventionally sized bear. Yep. Next, we head to training, where there's all kinds of wacky hijinks. Uh, Herman gets shit on for being Dutch again, and the line uh, solves it the same way, with his tattoo and waving his bicep. Stars and stripes forever. Everybody loves him. <laughs> uh, it's another Irish sergeant that has a problem with him again and he the irish sergeant calls himself an irisher yes there's lots of lots of good old-timey slang in this movie
1: which i I had never heard the term irisher before
0: never have i ever irisher and Heine and and fokker yeah and yeah all kinds of good stuff Uh, uh they train in giant gyroscopes uh it's like a box that can move up up and down side to side to you know simulate being in a plane moving Mm -hmm. all over the place uh that makes herman so nauseous he pukes they shoot at little model planes pulled along on a string they do exercises in a field and jack intentionally steps on david's hat multiple times and uh finally they have a giant clusterfuck boxing match in the middle of a field uh Another uh, opportunity to shit on Herman by the Irish sergeant, uh, played by Gunboat Smith. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That what is what a name. Yes, really. That's the name on your birth cigarette, sir. Gunboat. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, Gunboat Smith uh, uses this opportunity to demonstrate the proper way to punch uh, by using uh, Herman as an example and just you know beats the shit out of him. It's very slapstick, like yeah. Three Stooges. You know. Uh, Bonk, and then he falls over, and his legs go way up in the air. And you know,
1: yeah, nothing, nothing violent, just yeah, meant to be hilarious for the audience. Yeah, there is
0: a lot, a lot of like goofy slapstick humor in this, which I certainly wasn't expecting. All right, they have their giant boxing match on the same field, and this is this is like the most egregious point where I noticed there's uh, multiple times in the movies where you know how in old movies people just move like a little too fast. Mm-hmm. It's most noticeable in this giant boxing match for me because there's just so many people just flailing their arms. They're all moving at, like, one and a half speed. And
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a couple scenes during the the war scenes, especially towards the end, uh, also where it is like that also. Yeah, it
0: looks a little sped up and yeah,
1: you
0: know, a little goofy. Uh, uh, Jack and David uh, meet each other during the boxing match, and the fight between them gets so intense that everyone else stops fighting to watch. Uh, Jack eventually wins, and he and David are now friends, having bonded through violence.
1: Well, he sort he wins, but he also acknowledges. I think uh, he punches uh, David to the ground like twice, and then when David comes back up, he's like, "Okay, your game." Yeah. So he acknowledges like there there's a fighter in in him. He's getting beat up, but he's also. He's up uh, He's up for
0: it. Yeah, he's not just a, a sheltered rich boy. Right? Yep. He's got the fire in his belly.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, back home, Mary sees an ad in the newspaper seeking volunteers for the Women's Motor Corps of America. Those who can drive Ford cars are especially desired. She hops in the shooting star and is off to war. <laughs> Jack and David have graduated from ground school and are sent to their first real assignment in an unspecified location.
1: If I may circle back to uh, Mary's situation, like, uh, you know, she hops in the car and uh, goes to war, that is definitely something I would not have expected to see in a 1920s movie. Because, you know, most of what I expected was just the male characters going off to war. I certainly did not expect to see... A female uh, character, you know, being um, enlisted or voluntarily going to war. Yeah,
0: I agree with that. Uh, Before we watched this movie, I fully expected the the female lead to just be uh, sitting at home and and pining away. and
1: Writing letters.
0: Writing letters. Oh, I hope they don't get all smushed to hell. Yes. That kind of thing. Nope.
1: It was a nice surprise. Yeah.
0: Mary says, beans to that, and uh, goes and gets involved. (laughs) Jack and David graduated, unspecified location. Upon entering their tent, they meet their new roommate, Cadet White, who tells our heroes that they'll be seeing a lot of him from now on, uh, leaves the tent to do some practice flying, and immediately crashes into another plane and dies. <laughs> Rest in peace, Cadet White. And that was uh, Gary Cooper. Yes. Which uh, apparently that role helped launch his career. And
1: Even though he was on screen maybe less than five minutes. Oh,
0: yeah. And then... As he's walking out the tent, uh, they talk about their good luck charms, and he talks about how he's yeah. never had one. Yeah. So I guess that's what the point of that scene was. And it goes on for a while after he crashes. Like it, David and Jack have a little talk about, oh, should we go out there? And like, no, they told us to, to stay in the tent in case of a crash. And then the sergeant pulls up and tells them to start going through their, you know, gathering up cadets' white things, and they do. And they, like, find a picture of his grandma. And,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, it, it gather
1: up his chocolate
0: yeah it goes on for a while yes they gather up his chocolate bar (laughs) that that he never finished and they go and lay it on his grave all right jack and david seem completely unfazed by this yeah no reaction they're like okay and then they go for their own training flights and this is where uh their habit of david saying uh all set all set and then jack responds okay and that's when that's when that starts
1: which is uh, another thing that I appreciated about the movie the reminder also of amongst the chaos of war there's little habits like that that are reminders of their camaraderie and and just the that also sort of becomes a a lucky charm I feel because there's the last scene that they have together um, when they're not the last thing that they have together, but the last time that they take off together. Yep. David says, all said, yeah, but then and uh, Jack doesn't respond. Jack's too grumpy at that point. <laughs> yes. I'm getting ahead of, uh, of ourselves, but that's... I thought that this was a nice repetition, a nice, like, motif in the in the movie. Yep.
0: All their little habits. Uh, narration card uh, then tells us the war is getting worse. And we're shown scenes of columns of troops marching, tanks firing, explosions, horses, barbed wire, you know, war stuff. Uh, Fade back in and Jack and David are now overseas. Uh, Jack has painted the shooting star he had on his motor carriage on his plane and Herman has washed out as a flyer and has become a mechanic. Uh, Jack and David are put on dawn patrol and told to keep an eye out for Captain Kellerman and his flying circus. They run into the infamous captain almost immediately after takeoff, and the first aerial battle of the movie ensues. And I was really impressed with the aerial fight scenes.
1: Yeah, uh, really good.
0: Yeah, before watching the movie, nineteen. I was thinking, okay, 1927... They're going to be using models on strings, and it's going to be, you know, it's going to be super obvious and cheesy, but no. They use real-ass people in real-ass planes.
1: Yeah, real pilots.
0: Real pilots, ca- cameras, you know, situated right in the cockpits. So you can see the, the ground moving behind them and everything. They get wide shots where you can see all the clouds and all the planes move around, like swarms of insects. It's...
1: And I, I read somewhere that uh, that's also why Wellman was chosen as the director is because he he had personal experience with the war, he was a yeah I believe he was a soldier and maybe uh, had like um, pilot experience yeah. from the, the First World War, so he was I guess more attuned to those technical those technicalities or or the technical aspects of. Um, flying, uh, but him more to, uh, to that for uh, as a director, I guess.
0: Yep. Top Gun, eat your heart out. <laughs> they do, yeah, they do all kinds of stunts with, like, flips and spins, and they got people just falling out of the air, just yeah. spiraling downwards. And they do this really neat uh, like, after effect. There's no actual fire when the, you know, real fire when the planes are going down, because yes. they can't, you know, destroy the planes and hurt the people, so... After the fact, they like drew fire on and it's actually in color. It's the only thing in the movie that's in color. Yeah. And yeah, it's neat. It's cool.
1: And you get little like sparks of yellow here and there. Yeah. When the plane is damaged. And
0: they do the, multiple times they do the shot where it's like, it's a very close up shot of the, like the side of a plane and just like bullet holes just appear Mm -hmm. like going along a a line alongside. Lots of little, little neat practical effects. Yeah really impressed with
1: Also, yeah, something that I did not expect from a 1920s movie.
0: Yeah. Great, great effects. None of it looks cheesy. A massive amount of effort put into all of it. Looks great. Thumbs up. Two I thumbs up. I guess
1: that's why it won the best uh, uh, effects yeah. award.
0: So, lots of shooting and planes falling out of the sky with both sides taking losses. Uh, as the battle spreads out, David is targeted by Captain Kellerman himself. Uh, but Kellerman backs off once he sees that David's gun is jammed and he can't fight back there is chivalry among the knights of the air the narration tells us
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. oh yeah that's something I, I forgot to, to mention in the introduction but it, um, the movie has intertitles which I didn't know the term before but it's, that's what the text in between scenes that like, are called intertitles the, nar- the
0: narration yeah yes Meanwhile, Jack has been separated from the rest of the Americans and has two Fockers on his tail. I looked this up. Fockers are a type of plane. Okay. I had to make sure that wasn't some sort of (laughs) old-timey racial slur. Yeah,
1: because we do have the the term Heine for the Germans in the movie. Yep.
0: Yep. Uh, a chance shot destroys a vital piece of his engine and this is another cool practical effect where they show like the internal just like oil line in his plane. Yes. They get shot, and just start spurting liquid. And, and he has to crash land and dodge enemy fire, eventually making it to the safety of a British trench. The fight is over for now.
1: For now. Uh,
0: we have a quick check-in with Mary next, who is now a veteran of the service making medical supply deliveries. And then uh, we go to a scene of a, a German airfield where a giant Gotha, mightiest of German bomber planes, is being loaded up and sent on a mission to wipe out, how would you pronounce that? Merville? Merville. I guess. off the map, is that somewhere in France?
1: Uh, not that I know of.
0: Okay, well, that's where they are, wherever that is. <laughs> so uh, the mighty German bomber is being sent to wipe uh, Mervale off the map which just so happens to be where our heroes are stationed and the location of Mary's next delivery. Uh, this is the coolest plane in the whole movie. This this Gotha thing, Yeah. they sometimes call it the dragon. Ooh. Yeah, it's uh, probably like two, three times bigger than all the other planes in the movies. All the other planes in the movies, they're like, you know, biplanes, uh, single-seaters, uh, cloth and wood, and this thing. Has metal parts on it, it seats three maybe four people it's yes. got like a, a yeah. bomb bay in the uh, the bottom of it and gunner in the back pilot in the front and it's yeah. you know wingspan twice the size of everything else it's huge it's got a skull and crossbones on it it's all black it's got a, a dragon painted on the tail
1: um, um, i surely hope that it is you know uh an accurate model
0: oh i'm sure it of does. uh
1: of one of the planes from back then yep
0: yeah you say dragon on the tail it's like a, a medieval style dragon where it's really just like an obese lizard mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> cool plane I like it uh, the soldiers at Mervale get word that the Gotha is approaching and the flyers take to the skies while the ground troops take shelter in basements and cellars uh, does David take his teddy bear with him god damn right he does
1: of course
0: you, it, it, you can't
1: leave without the lucky arm
0: ca- camera specifically shows him pinning it onto his jacket as it gets into to his plane <laughs> he's safe Mary arrives at the empty town and is confused by the lack of people in the street. Uh, Apparently, Mary has forgotten that she's in a war. Or uh, Jack's uh, dipshittery is contagious. She, yeah. She's in a war, drives to an empty town, gets out of her truck, hands on hips. Where is everybody?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Is anybody here? Can you hear me?
0: Come on, Mary. You're better than this.
1: Uh, well, she's, you know, whenever... At that point, weirdly enough, during the war, she's very cheerful.
0: Oh, yeah, she's but, cheerful back, whole... back,
1: back home, she's uh, she's cheering up and, and very sad. And in the middle of the war, she's a very cheerful character, at least at, at that point. Yeah, it has...
0: A, this movie has a, a, an oddly upbeat tone through a lot of it, despite the, the grim subject matter... Especially the uh, the musical score—it's a lot of like jaunty tunes.
1: Yeah, the musical score, but also that it has a lot of scenes about trying to—I wouldn't say see the positive side, the uh, the positive side of war, but definitely finding little moments of happiness in the middle of war. Yeah,
0: it's more that war is a fun adventure, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and,
1: exactly. I think that's that's uh, one thing that uh, that's one aspect of how it uh, depicts. The The war is, like, it's more of an adventure than anything else.
0: Yep. Uh, the Gotha begins to bomb the town, and Mary hides under her truck as explosions go off all around her. Once again, really cool practical effects with the bombs falling on the town, you know, just buildings exploding, like a, a whole, like, top spire chunk of a church just, like, falls in, on top of Mary's car.
1: And I like that we didn't just get... You know, uh, shots of the the bombs coming out, uh, falling down from. I, like that, we didn't get shots just fr- on the ground. Like we also got aerial shots. Yeah, the bombs falling. The bombs down. bombs falling.
0: Yep, and there's a whole scene where it shows uh, the soldiers hiding in a cellar, and a bomb hits, and just like the entire ceiling collapses in yes. on them. It's all yeah. practical effects. It's so much more. Visceral than you know computer generated stuff in modern movies.
1: Yeah, that one, I wouldn't say that I jumped at that scene when we see the you know the, the floor of that of that house coming down on the soldiers, but it's it's definitely it makes you feel like you're actually in the house it, yeah, with it, them.
0: It gets the reaction just like oh god, that ceiling actually fell on them. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. All right, uh, up in the sky, the flyers are engaging the Gotha and its escort planes, because it's not just the Gotha by itself. It also has some, you know, smaller planes escorting it. Uh, While David takes on the smaller planes, uh, Jack is going after the Gotha. Uh, Jack shoots it down with relative ease. I believe the uh, the narration says he pumps fire into the belly of the beast. Yes. Uh, It crashes in a field, and all the soldiers, plus Mary... Uh, Crawl out of the rubble and cheer. Hooray! Uh, Jack and David are both awarded medals for their bravery, but the real reward is the awkward cheek kiss from the French officer that is presenting their medals.
1: Which, I'm going to back up just a second, is uh, when they are done with the Gotha and the other planes, Mary also sees that it is Jack. Does she? Yes, because she sees the shooting star on the plane. Hmm. You get you don't get any intertitles uh, of this, but you can see her mouth jack, ah, and so she knows that it, she knows that it, it was him, Uh and that yeah that those, uh, cheek kisses from the French officer were not really cheek kisses. Like it's almost like it lo- almost looks like he's kissing them on the neck. Yeah, he's going for it. The, was very very awkward going for the jugular. Yes.
0: Do you think that actor was actually French, or do you think? the reason he had he made it so awkward is because he's not French and he didn't know what to do.
1: I hope that he was French, but I Doesn't can see that would make it, it I, worse? Th- that would make it worse. But also like, back then this is the nineteen twenties, um, men would not necessarily kiss each other on the cheek Yeah, but it's, it's so war. Things it's, are different. <laughs> it's, things are different. It's the
0: only smooch you're going to get.
1: <laughs> but for aesthetic or for personal reasons, I guess, you know, back then, men didn't, might not have wanted to kiss you know, kiss each other on the cheeks or like as close. Because like, when we do the la bise, like the, the way you say hello in French, nowadays, we kiss each other on the cheek, but it's like way closer to each other's lips. Yep. So I think... Maybe he just didn't want to be as close to another man's lips. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Wouldn't be surprised. 1927. There's also just two randos. There's two other people that get medals. I guess they were also flyers up there with Jack and David.
1: But what was weird is that when that scene begins, we only see Jack and David uh, on the field ready to get their their medals. And then once we get to the the close-up and then the the French officer kissing, uh, kissing them, uh, those two other people are there. You
0: know, the magic of cinema. Yep. Yeah. All right, the boys have also earned some leave due to their accomplishments, and the narration says that leave can only mean one thing.
1: Paris! Paris!
0: It, uh, shoots toward the screen in giant letters, not flaming letters this time, though, but giant letters. Yep. Yeah. All right, cut to scene of Jack riding a horse full speed through the streets of Paris and stealing, uh, umbrellas from innocent French women. Being a real jackass. Like, just driving his horse full speed past a lady and just grabbing an umbrella out of her hands. Just just being a dick.
1: I mean, Jack is a dick uh, throughout the, this movie. Like, he's got some redeeming moments, but most of the movie he, uh, he acts like a total dick.
0: Well, there's just this spirit of, like, it's the war.
1: It's the war, and he's young.
0: He's young, and yeah... Uh, Run as fast as you can, you know, li- live your life to the fullest, and just have no regard for uh, anyone else.
1: <laughs> and he's on an adventure. He's yes. in Paris.
0: He's in Paris.
1: Imagine being in the, the uh, First World War, and you're abroad in a country you don't know, with people who don't necessarily speak your language. Yep. That's mysterious and exotic.
0: Caught up in the spirit of the times. Go from that scene... Uh, back to American High Command and we're told that America is getting ready for the big push and that all leave is cancelled. Back in Paris, Mary has arrived and sees a broken par window with the same shooting star painted on it that is on Jack's plane. Mm -hmm.
1: Uh,
0: Apparently he got into a fight with some waiters at the restaurant, broke a window, and then painted his star on the broken window like a crazy person. Like he's a serial killer leaving his calling card (laughs) at the scene. Leaving (laughs) his mark. Yeah. Jack is on his way to becoming the origami killer. Uh, Some soldiers uh, around the bar tell her that they're rounding up every flyer in Paris for the big push and they have a list of names of all the flyers. Uh, Mary sees Jack's name on the list and one of the soldiers tells her that he was last seen heading towards... Help me...
1: Folie Berger.
0: Yeah, what she said. <laughs> Which is a burlesque show yeah. kind of thing.
1: Yeah, where you would see uh, women dancing the con and, yeah, you'd have a burlesque show.
0: Scantily clad French ladies is what Jack is after.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Uh, the camera heads there as well. And we find Jack sitting at a table with a group of soldier buddies and French women getting absolutely shit-faced drunk. Uh, there's another cool camera trick when we enter into this place where the camera just glides over the top mm-hmm. of several tables and yeah. just passes like through conversations people are having there's you know a few that are having a good time there's one who's like sloppy and someone's drink and there's one where it's a man and a woman arguing and she throws her drink in his face yes yeah. more neat uh, impressive camera tricks for the time
1: yeah
0: and then uh jack and his buddies all there uh yeah already shit-faced when we arrive uh, he's so drunk. He is a level of drunk I would call Looney Tunes drunk, where he's because
1: he, of the the special effects with the bubbles. It's, or? it's
0: very cartoonish, where he, he's just wobbling all over the place, and he, you know, he's. Yeah. He's acting like a little kid, and yeah, he sees bubbles coming out of the champagne. And he sees bubbles coming out of the the uh, band's flute, and even a big bubble come out of the tuba.
1: Mm-hmm. Bubbles coming out of the uh, the lady's dress that he's with.
0: Yes, and then uh, he says, "Hooray for bubbles!"
1: <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't? It's Paris. Yeah, there was a shit ton of champagne, and we
0: should specify these aren't actual bubbles they're just like the flames drawn onto the plane afterwards these are like drawn on after the fact Bub- yes. these are like cartoon bubbles yeah. that they've made he figures out that if he shakes the champagne glasses the bubbles will come out Yeah. so yeah he does that a couple times and then says hooray for bubbles uh, Mary shows up and is not having it with these loose French wom- women crawling all over her man uh, she tries to tell Jack his leave has been cancelled but he's so drunk he doesn't recognize her and he pushes her away. No war, just bubbles, he says. Just
1: bubbles.
0: No war. War just
1: bubbles and fresh women. Just
0: bubbles. And yeah, they get a lot they get a lot of mileage out of this bubble thing. Like he does not shut up about bubbles for quite a while.
1: I'd say, yeah, there's probably a solid ten minutes in, that, in the then the
0: Yep. After being rejected, Mary retreats and enters into a bathroom. I don't know what there were a bunch of sinks along the wall, but I didn't see any like toilets or anything. It
1: was a weird setting because yeah, and like you say it's it looks like it's a it looks like it's a bathroom, but it turns into like a dressing room at some point.
0: Yeah, because she goes in there and uh there's just an old lady just sitting in there. Yeah. Like she has a shawl on. She's knitting. Her hair is up in a mall. Mo- it's like somebody's grandma <laughs> yeah. is just sitting in like, Graham, Graham, are you okay? Like, she
1: almost looked to me like somebody, uh, like a, I, n- I don't I remember the he- term for it, but somebody who's like ready to read your palms.
0: Yeah, fortune teller. A fortune teller. You're right. She does have that look about her. It's like, man, grandma, I know you've been taking it real hard since Peepop died, but <laughs> you, <laughs> you can't just sit in the bathroom knitting sweaters. <laughs> uh... So uh, the old woman sees her crying and, you know, tell me your ills, child. And uh, Mary tells her that, uh, about what's going on and that it's not Jack's fault, really. He's just a boy.
1: It's just a boy. She understands because it's war and she's seen some stuff, too.
0: Yep. And then the old lady tells her that if she wants to get her man back, she's got to show off the goods. And she gives her a fancy, revealing dress to wear.
1: She does a very uh, like sparkles sparkles and like and an old timey, you know, 1910s 1920s dress. The kind that you would see at the cabaret. It
0: it has like a bunch of little I should call them fish scales. Yeah, because they're all, you know, tiny little individual pieces like chainmail. They're linked together and they all move independently and it's yep. it's very shiny. Back at the table, uh Jack's French Lady Uh, tells him to come with her, and they will, and I quote, find the most beautiful bubbles in the world. Uh, Yes, the narration, uh, Z-E, the most beautiful bubbles in Z-E, the world. There's no D on the end. W-O-R-L, the world.
1: (laughs) Because we're in Paris. Yep. And not every French woman speaks English like I do.
0: Yep. As they are leaving to find the most beautiful bubbles, uh, Mary approaches in her new dress and makes Jack choose between her and the French floozy. After long deliberation, Jack chooses Mary because her dress and her eyes have bubbles in them. We're still on the bubble thing.
1: He says, "Her, she even has bubbles in her eyes. She's, she wins! She's
0: even got bubbles in her eyeballs. Yep. And that's what Jack wants most. Mary Mary takes Jack back to his hotel room where he collapses onto the bed immediately and falls asleep. Uh, Mary sees that Jack has a locket with him, uh, thinks it contains the picture she's given him, but she opens it and sees that it has Sylvia's uh, picture in it instead. Jack, you blockhead.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, it's not necessarily his fault at this point. Like, she's going through... (laughs) his stuff Mm -hmm. i guess
0: she is snooping yeah all right uh she starts to change back into her military uniform when two soldiers uh looking to give jack his recall orders uh come into the room see that she's out of uniform and also think that they're boning because she's you know uh currently undressing and uh they say her. They tell her that she's going to be sent back home for this kind of stuff because she's doing it during work hours.
1: Right. Another thing that I did not expect to see. We saw male nudity at the beginning. Yep. We see a little bit of female nudity here because we see her back completely naked and also sort of. We don't see her breast. You but do. We, you do. For the
0: briefest second, yeah, you know, like a shooting star. Yeah. Her her nipple uh, shoots across the screen.
1: Oh, I did not see that.
0: Very uh, scandalous for uh, 1927 times, I'm sure, but uh, by modern standards does not even warrant a reaction. Yeah. Yeah. God knows how much money the actress got paid for that.
1: I mean, she was the, I guess, the most famous uh, actress back then so hopefully she got paid decently for the work that she was doing
0: for uh, a quarter second of one nipple from a very unflattering (laughs) angle yep they tell her that she's being sent home Uh, mary is having a very bad day next scene uh, we're back in the action and jack and david are studying maps to get ready for the big push Uh, david asked jack to take his medal back to his mother because he has a feeling he's not going to make it back from this one. Uh, Jack says, nah man, you got the teddy bear, you'll be fine. And David says, nah, I'm seriously going to beef it. <laughs> uh, Jack reads the newspaper and sees an announcement about Mary quitting the motor corps and going home. Uh, some rando soldier who's also sitting in the room comments that she probably got fired because when these hometown girls get to Paris, they go a little crazy. <laughs> Uh, Jack defends Mary's honor, which prompts David to ask if he actually loves her. Jack says no, he loves Sylvia, and Sylvia loves him too.
1: He... Well, also like right, ba- right before, uh, right before that comment about Mary, uh, David is reading a a letter that he got from Sylvia saying that uh, Jack uh, Jack is still sending her letters love letters love letters but that uh, he's the one she really loves yeah,
0: she is doing nothing to encourage him but he will not stop
1: so he I assume in that scene he's you know reassured about Sylvie's love but also feeling bad because him and uh, him and Jack are friends by now
0: yeah he doesn't want to burst Jack's bubble especially yeah. right before doesn't the, want to hurt him the big push yeah all right, Jack takes out the locket with Sylvia's picture to, to prove that she loves him, but he drops it and the picture falls out. Uh, David picks up the picture, uh, sees the message Sylvia wrote on the back of it that says that she loves David, and realizes that if he hands it back to Jack, Jack is going to see it too. Mm-hmm. So he tears it up in front of Jack instead. Uh, they're about to get into a fistfight over that when an officer comes in and says, We ain't got time for this shit. Go sh- shoot down some German balloons now. <laughs> Uh, Jack and David head to their planes and on the way Jack tells David that their friendship is not getting renewed for another season Uh, in the rush David forgets his teddy bear I'm sure it will be fine
1: (laughs) and that's when we get that scene also when uh, when they're taking off uh, it's the only time when uh, David says uh, all set and uh, Jack doesn't answer. Jack does
0: not respond because uh, yes, David ripped off the uh, picture of the girl he's pretending loves him.
1: Therefore, to me, the, yeah, that's the real lucky charm that's getting broken is this one to me, because the the teddy bear was a personal lucky charm, but the um, the uh, all said okay. That was their common lucky charm. That was the thing that was bonding them. Their
0: tradition, yeah. Yeah,
1: the tradition, the 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 bond between them, the the attachment, the the thing that made it uh, that they were going to come back together.
0: Yep. The 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 proper sequence of events has been disrupted, and now all, all hell is breaking loose. Yep. <sighs> so. Uh, David gets a taper, I'm sure will be fine. And next scene. Uh, David gets shot in the shoulder, crashes into a pond behind enemy lines, and is immediately surrounded by 20 German soldiers, all pointing rifles at him. <laughs> immediately goes bad. Uh, he dives under the water as they start to shoot and escapes into the wilderness. Uh, Jack makes it through the battle unscathed and returns to the base, worried about what's happened to David. Uh, uh... Glossed over it in my uh, recap, but this is another great aerial battle And this time they're shooting down. They call them balloons But they look like the kind of blimps that you see over Like uh, a car park Mm -hmm. or yeah Yeah. a a car a car dealership those kind of blimps But bigger with an iron cross on them and they have a basket underneath them as if they're hot air balloons They do really cool world war one you know flying machine type stuff yeah. early days of aviation we're just gonna yeah make a big balloon shape like a blimp and, and go float over some people and it's really cool uh they actually do uh shoot these down for real and have actual fire on these things right because
1: that we see yeah
0: the, it's black and white fire it's not yeah. colored in after effect because it's yeah. it's actual fire in the movie and they shoot them they pop they go down in flames it's it's cool Cool practical effects. It's the next morning, uh, the morning of the big push, and a lone German plane flies through enemy fire to drop a message. One of the American planes was shot down and the pilot killed, resisting capture. Uh, Jack now believes David is dead and is devastated, and this message is delivered by uh, Captain Kellerman, who I thought died in the first aerial battle until this point.
1: I thought so too, because they had shot down the plane in the first battle. So and, I thought that...
0: And there's also that surprisingly gruesome scene in the first aerial battle of a, uh, a guy getting shot in the cockpit and then...
1: Vomiting blood. Vomiting
0: blood. Grabs his chest, vomits blood. I thought that was Captain Kellerman, but, but uh, re-watching it for this uh, synopsis, I think that was the leader of the American forces that that happened to.
1: Maybe, I also when I th- thought uh, back uh, on it, there were maybe two people in, uh, the in the plane that had, um, Kellerman. Captain Kellerman. Yeah. Captain Kellerman. Yeah. So yeah, you know, Captain Kellerman and somebody else sitting uh, next to him, because he was in a bigger plane than Jack and David.
0: Are you sure you're not thinking of the Gotha?
1: I might be confusing the two. The
0: dragon. Yeah, his his chivalry continues, and he uh, personally delivers the uh, the message to them about uh, David being shot down and, and presumed dead. Uh, and on that note, the big push finally begins, and this is where we get the enormous uh, battle scenes with the the three thousand like five hundred people,
1: which is honestly a little hard to follow in the in the sense that. It's a little hard to know who's supposed to be who. Oh,
0: yeah, there's, like, no continuity or...
1: You don't know who the Germans are. You don't know who the French people are. You don't know who the British are. You don't know where the American soldiers uh, are supposed to be. It's It's just a big mash of everybody.
0: Yeah, I wasn't really... I didn't think of that as there being any sort of, like, narrative through line to any of that. It was just, like, you know... Look at all these cool props and budget we have. We're just going to have a whole lot of uh, expensive war scenes. We got all these tanks. We're going to use them, right?
1: Right. Which was impressive in itself. But, you know, since I, I like narratives and, and plots and things being clear, uh, that's yeah. the, the one aspect of the, of the movie where I would have loved a little bit more clarity.
0: It's, it's thematically consistent with the messiness of war itself.
1: It's also, I think, one of the longest uh, sequences in the movie where we don't really get intertitles. It's just scene after scene after yeah. scene. It's
0: just explosions, people shooting, people falling in trenches, crawling through barbed wire, yeah. explosions. Uh, it's, it's never really gruesome though. No, and like the, it's very, it has, it still has that like vaguely slapstick quality to it, where like nobody's losing limbs. There's not any blood at all really it's just lots of people getting shot and when they get shot they oh and they clutch their chest and they they fall backwards and like tumble down a hill right yeah. like that kind of thing uh the most like disturbing thing that happens during that whole sequence is there's a little uh pillbox where they're you know they're below ground and are like shooting out of it mm-hmm. and then uh a tank just runs over it and just crushes the people inside. Yeah. And the camera it shoots it from inside the thing so as the tank runs over it you just see the ceiling getting crushed down in on the guy. Right, right, right. right. It's like, "Ugh, that was, yeah. You know, that was the only like actual good moment in the the whole big thing.
1: The one there was one little scene to me that was not shocking, but that sort of took a Pause on the on the whole big push. There's a soldier that we see sitting next to a tree, and oh. I guess he gets shot or yeah, gets yeah, yeah. shrapnel or something. He
0: he sits down because he's tired, right? And there's a yeah. whole there's a whole column marching by him.
1: Yeah, and, and somebody it, comes to him to you know, hey, it's time to go,
0: and they give him a cigarette.
1: They do. The guy
0: who walks up and was smoking, and then he gives his cigarette to the guy who's sitting down, and like, hey, you know, you need this more than I do, right?
1: Yeah, but then realize that he's not moving, and just...
0: Well, he's alive when he gives him the cigarette, and then it cuts to more battle scenes, and then we cut back, and the guy who's sitting down resting smoking the cigarette gets shot. Yes. And then they come, you know, to rouse him and be like, hey, man, we're, you know, we're marching, we gotta keep moving, and then they they jiggle him a bit to wake him up, and he just falls over. He just
1: falls over, and then the guy's just keep moving yep that was uh, the thing it was. it's not shocking i understand that this this is war time and they have their orders and they need to go and you know there will probably be other people coming back up the trail to you know pick up whoever who's ever dead yep. but um i don't know it was weirdly i don't want to say re- relatable but it's a it's one of the most i think human uh, yeah. scenes in the movie in the way that in the sense that it's it feels very real like it, it, yeah
0: they're they're so numb to it at this point that it's just like well, yeah. alright
1: like one more dead yep another
0: you know what you are you gotta gonna, keep going yep what are you gonna do that they they put out the cigarette and then they just keep walking yeah. yeah yeah that was yeah one of the few one of the few actual like war is hell yeah. kind of scenes in the movie taking a break from the like you know war is a fun adventure thing right uh, uh, Jack is up in the air during the, the big push and enraged by da- David's alleged death he flies alone into enemy territory he finds a bridge that has not enemy troops on it shoots it up he finds a German general shoots him up <laughs> and uh, when I say bridge it was really cool because it was just some planks like over boats mm-hmm. they just lined up they made a line of boats and they just put some wood down over it so the whole thing was just, like, moving as they were walking around yeah. on it. And also, another cool shot when he uh, takes out the German general and his aide. I think that's when it happens. There's this whole big column of soldiers just marching. And the camera is positioned behind them. And then uh, Jack is flying towards them, towards the camera, and just swoop. Just, you just see a plane. I saw that, yeah. The plane just swooped down into this group of people. And, it, you know, it's all real and practical. Mm-hmm. And they just... You know, everybody scrambles to get the hell out of the way of a plane that's coming out of him. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's great. Shoots the general. And I think after, the, he shoots the general when the general's in a car. And then the car swerves off the side of the road and crashes. I believe so. And I think those were real actors in the car when it crashed. Which, oof, if that's true. Because that thing goes tumbling off the side and, oh buddy. Making movies was rough back in the day. Do, do all your own stunts. Uh, meanwhile, David comes across a German airfield and steals one of their planes, uh, heading back towards friendly lines. Uh, still got that bullet in his shoulder, but can fly a plane. Uh, the battle on the ground continues to rage on, with the Germans losing ground, uh, and it eventually turns into a rout. For the third time in the movie, a word shoots straight at the screen victory and this is also when we get the little image of the uh the dead german soldier just laying on
1: over the cross
0: over the iron cross made out of rocks which yeah it's not i took that not as an actual thing that happened in the battle but just like a symbolic image of the german defeat right
1: Falling over your own symbol. Yes,
0: the the dead German soldier on, on top of the Iron Cross. that The Germans have lost. With the fight over, Jack heads back to the base, but on his way home, he spots a lone German plane headed right towards the American line. Uh, it's David, but Jack thinks it's just another German plane and begins to fire on him because he thinks David is dead.
1: That was... It was hard to, uh, to watch for a little bit because you get, you're get more more focused on David at that point. Like you get close-ups of, of him. Yeah. And he's the, the only one that in the frame. And he's trying to get uh, Jack's attention and by screaming, Jack, you can see you can yeah. see his mouth like screaming, Jack, yeah, Jack, it's me. It's me, it's me. Don't you recognize me? Yes.
0: He actually, he says the exact same thing that Mary does when she uh, meets Jack in Paris and mm-hmm. is trying to, you know, get him to out of his drunken stupor they both say uh don't you recognize me yeah. which maybe i'm reading too much into it but uh, that might be a commentary on or showing that in both instances jack is uh drunk and blinded in some way because in paris he's drunk on alcohol and then and
1: here is drunk on rage he's
0: drunk on rage and revenge and in both cases it's blurring his vision right
1: mm. he can't see what's yeah. right in front of him yeah i can see that
0: Now, it's me it's me all right david tries desperately to get jack to recognize him shouting and and refusing to fight back but to no avail Uh, jack continues to fire eventually shooting david and uh, causing him to fall out of the sky and crash into a house Uh, soldiers on the ground pull david from the wreckage and bring him inside the house Uh, jack lands and begins to cut the iron cross from the tail of david's crashed plane when he's told to come inside because the man he shot down has only minutes to live. Uh, Jack enters the house and finally realizes the tragedy of what he's done when he locks eyes with David. He falls to his knees and cries into David's chest and David tells him it's okay, these things happen in war. Uh, Jack tells David that their friendship is renewed for another season after all and David dies. Uh, This is another like really protracted scene. He comes into the house, uh, he tells him he's going to go get a doctor. There's a French officer there mm-hmm. who tells him... You like, know,
1: there's no point.
0: Yeah, if if a doctor would do any good, I would have already called him. And then he uh, says the French line about how it's the war. Do you remember? Mm,
1: c'est la guerre. Yeah,
0: which means, yeah, it is a verbal shrug, right? Yeah. You just, yep, I'm like, yeah, it's war. These things happen. There's nothing to be done. And then uh, they cry and make up. David tells him it's okay. And then... Like, in a modern movie, the scene went in there, right? But then they have this whole, like, minutes-long thing of the the owners of the house, like, getting a cart that's pulled Mm -hmm. by a dog. Yeah. (laughs) It's a dog cart, not a horse cart. And then him picking David's body up and putting it in the cart and, like, sadly walking away with it. I really enjoy how they linger on scenes.
1: Another thing that I would not have expected in a 1920s movie is how close they are portrayed like how close how close of a friendship they they have like in that moment when uh david's dying and uh, jack is like kneeling next to him he's you know very close to his face very Uh, almost like kissing him it's uh,
0: very intimate
1: very very intimate I would not have I appreciated it sort of me but I would not have expected that kind of a male friendship depiction for a 1920s movie
0: yep well you know going along with Jack just being a child in a a grown up body he's you know friendship is very important to him throughout the movie that's Uh, After David rips up the the photo of Sylvia and they're walking out towards the plane, uh, Jack says, uh, I guess friendship doesn't mean a whole hell of a lot to you. Mm -hmm. And that's why he doesn't uh, respond with their tradition. David David says, all set. Because he he turns his back on the friendship. And that's why Jack was upset. But then at the end, it's renewed. Sometime later, Jack is sorting through David's possessions and finds the letter from Sylvia that proclaims her love for David. And Jack finally understands what a goddamn blockhead he is. (laughs) Uh, Later still, and Jack is back home from the war. He's front page news and gets uh, his own parade even. Uh, There's people carrying signs that say, uh, Local boy makes good, I think. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, And they got a whole, like, they got a float that's a plane, like, made out of flowers and stuff. Yeah. It's a whole big... Uh, he's
1: a he's treated like a local hero. Yeah,
0: hometown hero. right? Uh, David's parents watch the parade forlornly from their window, and Sylvia sits alone on the swing that her and David were on and cries. Uh, Jack brings David's medal and teddy bear back to his parents, and after he falls weeping into David's mother's arms, she tells him that she wanted to hate him, but she can't. It's not his fault. It's the war's. And this is... As much as I dislike things being open-ended in movies, mm. I think this scene would have been better if it's left vague whether or not Jack tells uh, David's parents that it was his fault. Because mm. I, you don't know for certain that they know that right. until his mom says, I wanted to hate you. Yes. And that's the first piece of... Uh, there's no dialogue in this movie because it's silent, but that's the first, you know... First thing, anyone that gets revealed to the audience in that scene,
1: mm-hmm.
0: everything else, there's, he's talking to David's parents, but you're not, the audience isn't told what he's saying. Yes. Like, it's just silent. Yeah. And I would have preferred that whole scene of him talking to them just be silent.
1: So no intertitles?
0: No intertitles. Uh, you don't know what they know. You don't know what he tells them. Just nothing.
1: Why, did, why is your reasoning on that? What do you think that it would have been better if there were no intertitles?
0: Because then you get to speculate. Yeah. And you actually, if if there were no dialogue and you didn't get that uh, comment from his mother, you would have to actually go back and, you know, watch the scene over and over and try and come to your own conclusion Mm. instead of it, you know, having the definitive answer to it. Which, like I said, I'm usually not in favor of stuff like that. I usually want a definitive answer, but for some reason in this case as soon as that line came up from his mom I was like "Ah, no don't tell us but they do not his fault it's the wars Jack then returns home and pulls the cover off his old trusty motor carriage the original shooting star Uh, Mary then pops up over the fence and after apologizing for being tempted by loose French women (laughs) (laughs) very very 1920s Meryl I'm I'm sorry I'm sorry Mary. I, I thought about touching another lady's boob.
1: I got lost I lost myself for I minutes. lost myself Mary.
0: <laughs> oh, Jesus. I almost I had impure thoughts. <laughs> uh, too many bubbles. Too many bubbles, Mary. you don't understand. Uh, Mary tells him she does understand though because she was in the war and she she's she saw some shit too and it's okay. all, all that matters is is the future. They see an honest to God real shooting star, and Jack finally kisses the girl he loves. The end.
1: He does. At the beginning of the movie, she tells him, "Do you know what Ned? Uh, do you know what you can do when you see a yeah, shooting star?" Yeah, when you star? see a shooting star. And yeah. then this time around, it's him. Uh, yeah, he telling says it her, to her. Do you know what he can do?
0: And they smooch, and it's the end. Yeah. He looks. He looks noticeably older.
1: He's got. He looks like he's got gray hair when yes. he comes back from the from the war. He's
0: got. He looks like he has gray hair on the sides, and yeah. there's like wrinkles whereas before. He's like very smooth skinned You know, bright eyed. Like he looks like a little kid. Like right from of the movie, and he, he comes back, and the war has aged him.
1: I and mean, that's in you know, narrative technique to uh, imply he's gained. Experience. Yep. He's gained maturity.
0: Yeah, they they say that in the narration when he comes back. The uh, he left a boy and came back. He came a back, back a
1: man. Yeah. yeah, that was a much better movie than I expected. Yeah. Let's see, for an, a for a nineteen twenties movie, I did not expect it to be this long or this well organized or have as many like good effects as, as it did.
0: Yeah, I expected it to be way more primitive than it was like uh, the acting was great the the effects were fantastic mm-hmm. like they did all those cool tricks with the camera like the camera wasn't just like static shots in one place it zoomed around it like went over tables it all the, all the cool shots of the planes and the after effects of the fire like yeah, this way better than I was expecting pleasantly surprised by this movie
1: definitely. Definitely. I was, I like that, you know, we're in between wars. Uh, Obviously, people at that point don't know that there's going to be a a second world war, but um, I liked that it is qualified as a romantic action war movie. Yeah. But that the war is almost um, not background story, but it, it doesn't take as much. Space, as you would expect from technically a war movie. We
0: were talking immediately after we watched it, and I made the comment that it feels more like a movie that happens during a war yeah. than a war movie. Yeah. Like.
1: It's a lot more about people's relationships and and how you survive yeah, than the chari- about the war itself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's no like. There's no ex- ex- deep examination of, like, the trauma of war or anything like that. You have the, the brief nods to it with, like, you know, the guy smoking a cigarette getting shot on the side of the road. And, you know, some scenes of violence and chaos, but they never really deeply address anything like that. And, like, even the the tragedy of, what, uh, of Jack killing David is, like, shrugged off in this very hand wave of, like, yeah, it's the war, you know?
1: Yeah, the only real, uh, real scene where you can sort of see the the trauma, uh, or that the toll that the war is taking on people is, when, David is saying, oh, you know, please take back my my medal to my, uh, to my mother. Like, his face suddenly has like a very stern expression. Yes, the first time you see a character in the movie, uh, like, being affected really by the war and having this like deep feeling that's almost coming from nowhere that i'm not going to come back from this yep
0: and then uh, jack's reaction to that is to immediately be like you know he, he doesn't want to acknowledge it at all and just like no man uh, fun adventure we're, we're all gonna, gonna be, be fine yeah we're gonna be fine just knock it out he like r- rubs his like punches him in the shoulder and like ah you knucklehead and like you know that kind of thing
1: <laughs> what are you talking about yeah we're,
0: we're having fun here mm-hmm. adventure
1: what do you think of the the relationship between uh, Jack and David? Because uh, that's definitely the the central yeah that's uh, that's the, the core plot here. It's
0: the core of the whole movie. I mean, yeah, it's a it's a story of uh, two boys growing up, right? But only one boy actually gets to grow up in the end.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess David was already, to me, a lot more of a grown up than Jack was, at the, was... by the beginning of the war. Definitely more mature. He, he he wasn't playing into the, no, this is my girl, not yours.
0: He was less of a rascal. Yeah. Than Jack was. Like, yeah. Like, when you... F- the first scene we see him, he has on, like, a suit and tie, and he's just sitting on the swing of Sylvia, and, like, he makes no attempt to stop, stop Jack when Jack just drags Sylvia off the swing, and he's very, like, complacent and, you know, <sighs> wouldn't necessarily say rigid, but there's just, yeah... He's he's just not as much of a, a troublemaker as as Jack is.
1: I thought of him more also because he comes from a rich background, is more of a, a gentleman. Yes. Attitude. Yes, he knows his place. He's
0: very prim and proper. Yeah. Yeah. Which is I why you know Jack gets respect from after the boxing match, like oh you you're actually willing to get dirty once in a while, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I appreciated that.
0: Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's. It's rare to see m- movies about World War One, right? That is, it's way less represented than it's than, war than World War Two, right? God, <laughs> I can just feel the the tsunami of of stuff of uh, war movies we're gonna get after World War Two. Never gonna hear the end of it. Can you Imagine living in a time before that had happened. They didn't know yet. They didn't know. They didn't. Uh, 27 in like less than 20 years time something is going to happen that no one is ever going to shut the hell up about forever <laughs> afterwards
1: <laughs> i don't know why i was thinking about it but the the whole like you know two soldiers going off uh, going up for war leaving the the world the woman that uh, they love behind um i don't know why i'm making that comparison but it made me uh, think of uh, pearl harbor sure I think it's Ben Affleck and... The actual Pearl uh, Harbor movie? Pearl Harbor movie. The the one with uh, Ben Affleck and... I've
0: seen bits and pieces. I haven't seen the whole thing. Yeah. And that was... But it's
1: exactly the same thing. Over
0: a decade ago, yeah.
1: It's exactly the same thing, Common
0: war movie trope.
1: Yeah.
0: You got... Those are the stakes, right? I've got to get back to my family. Yeah. Yeah. Very easy way to to ratchet up the stakes
1: only one man comes back and gets the girl
0: yep so David gets shot down because he didn't have his teddy bear but uh, Jack's good luck charm was stolen the picture of Sylvia but I guess the actual good luck charm he had was the picture of uh, Mary, Mary right he had two pictures on him
1: what do you think that uh, Mary's picture is his actual luck charm
0: because she's the one who actually loves him you can't get luck from a picture of somebody who doesn't love you right
1: that's true. I hadn't. I hadn't thought of that. Yep. I hadn't mm, thought of that. And also, technically, yeah, and technically they both go the last time day, and uh, that they take off together. They both go without their. Um, well, their lucky charm because. M- well,
0: Jack might still have a picture of Mary, right? Right, right, right. Yep.
1: But he doesn't have the one of Sylvia uh, since uh, David tore it up. Yep,
0: David tore it up. And then that's the, I think, the last time we see Herman
1: in the movie. Yes.
0: Is at, when they go out to the, the planes to shoot down the balloons and David forgets his teddy bear. Herman finds it and yeah. I think, like, tries to rush out and give it to him, but he's yeah. too late. So it's actually all Herman's fault.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's not the last time we see Herman. At, uh, the uh, next day when uh, Jack is taking off, He has the bear. Uh, he has the bear and... The, and the metal and i uh, that's the last time we see Herman and with Jack,
0: him to, gives him to Jack. Yep. Yeah. well this is the part where uh, normally we would put things on a list
1: but this is the first but movie but this is the
0: first movie so <laughs> number one on the list
1: number one probably not for long
0: a greatest movie of all time I don't know I, I could see this uh, maintaining a spot for for a couple movies at least I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe. Although the everything else from now on is going to have the advantage of actually having people talking in it.
1: <laughs> people talking, more visual effects, maybe more uh, of a, uh, maybe not more of a plot because this movie has a plot, uh, a it's very a clear s- story. It's
0: a simple plot, but
1: yeah. it's a simple plot, but it is a plot nonetheless. I could, I could see it being in definitely staying in the top ten for a couple of decades, maybe. Mm-hmm.
0: Simple coming of age story yeah. set against the backdrop of a war. Yeah. Number one for now. Number one for now. N- exceeded expectations. I'm glad we we started off with something that was a, a good movie.
1: A good movie and uh, definitely, uh, yeah, something very unexpected. For, yeah. Uh, by the time.
0: This is a momentous occasion, not just because it's our first episode, but also because it's the last time in human history that anyone will ever talk about this movie for this length of time. <laughs>
1: yep.
0: Isn't that weird how shit just disappears after a hundred years?
1: And that's one thing that's uh, I wouldn't say fascinating but oh, yeah, that the, the this movie was Thought to have been lost for a long time, and then they found prints of it in 1992 in a cinematic in France, mm. like a, a film library in France. And then 1992, and then somehow the Library of Congress, I guess, in uh, between 1997 and 2002, decided it needed to be preserved and restored. And that's how it it got restored. Is nobody heard of it for like decades somehow somebody finds it in 1992 in yeah. France and then it gets shipped back to the U.S. in mm-hmm. order to be restored by uh, by the Library mm-hmm. of Congress. Yeah
0: these are books of art that thousands and thousands of people work on and then they just vanish from the collective memory because they're yeah. you know a couple decades old. I wonder why or I wonder if that's why that it's different colors at different times in the movie because it starts off, and it's not black and white. It's more of like a sepia tone, you know, mm-hmm. brown. But there are certain points later on where it gets like a blue tint, like at night. And then the big battle scene itself, I think, is mostly in black and white. Yes. Yeah, there's like two or th- maybe three or four different shades of color it switches mm-hmm. through. And I wonder if that's why it shifts those, because it was lost and they had to piece it together from different sources of film.
1: It might be. It might be. I'm not entirely sure, but the the technique for restoration. But yes, I assume also that it has to do with what time of day it was filmed, what time of day it was shot, and yeah, the, and the, the to, amount of light that you get on, on yeah, print.
0: You might just have to to tint nighttime scenes yeah. in a different color to make them work.
1: Yeah. So no, um, best picture award in nineteen for nineteen twenty eight, obviously, because that's the when the great. Depression happened, but the next movie... Too sad for movies. Too sad. Not enough money to do it. Yeah. Um, But the next movie we'll be talking about uh, is The Broadway Melody, which came out in 1929.
0: The Broadway Melody. And at that point, we'll actually be able to get our list going. Yeah. And have a a debate, a comparison between uh, which one's better. On the next episode, the true fight begins.
1: (laughs) (laughs) For... The highest ranking of the stars.
0: Yep, for the ranking of the stars.
1: See you next time.
0: Yeah, bye everybody.
1: Okay, that's it, that's it, that's it.